when we open, camera one should be on a four shot. All right. Now, what lens do you have up now? The wide angle. Coming through. Watch the boom, please. Camera two will be on a close-up, right? Right. Could I have a level, please? All right. Quiet, please. Now, gentlemen, we'll need a level on the voices. Uh, just identify yourselves and tell us where you're from. My name is Edgar Dale from Ohio State University. I'm Marshall McClellan from the University of Toronto. I'm Gilbert Salas from the Annenberg School of Communications at the University of Pennsylvania. And I'm Keith Tyler from Ohio State University. That's good. Thank you. All right, let's take it.
we're going to discuss here for a while this whole matter of the communications revolution. And I suppose by this we mean the fact that uh, in the last few decades we've had the great rise of the uh, modern media, so-called radio, television, motion pictures, and they've had a profound impact upon our American civilization and, in fact, all of Western civilization. You did a nice job the other day, uh, Mr. Selvis, in kind of delineating what is involved in this, and I think this might be a very good way of beginning. I think uh, what you have in mind is a reference I made to the variety of scholars who are approaching the field, and I was trying, and I still am trying, to assure myself that we're more or less talking about the same, about the same subject. I think we are in this sense, that while you have an approach from a sociologist or a philologist or any number of ologists to the subject, we're on one side, we're all trying to find out what is the nature of uh, the new communications? What is the special nature of each one of the media, such as, say, the moving picture or uh, broadcasting? What is the nature of all of them, all of the mass media, as we call them, put together? And I think that from that, almost everybody who feels certain isn't satisfied with stopping, deciding what is the essence. We're not Platonists. I think we all then want to say, what do all these media do to us? And then I put my own uh, specialty in. What do we do about them?
One of the things that happens when a new medium comes on the scene, you become aware of the basic characteristics of older media in a way that you were not when they were the only things around. I think we're becoming more aware now what print is than we were before. Radio seems to have acquired more sense of its own identity since television and movies likewise. So it, there's a great advantage in, in one way in this revolution of brought in or brought on by a, a new medium in revealing some of the earlier features of older media, making them more intelligible and more uh, useful, giving us more a sense of uh, control over them and so on.
Well, I think uh, people who are subjective to the arrangement of language visually in lines, uh, highly sequential and precise, rigid, developed habits of arranging their lives, arranging their whole social existence, which are very closely geared to these norms. They're not especially aware of this. Uh, lineality, though, is not characteristic of radio or television or movies. And uh, so we have been uh, subjected to tremendous new forces, new influences, which have broken up the older habits acquired from the great world.
abstracted, an angle, an aspect as yours. Uh, in the new situation being with it, you don't have a point of view. You merely identify at all levels, your whole being. But are you saying that uh, photography and these new arts are uh, more primitive, that, uh, uh, that we need to abstract less with these new media? I think they, um, the, the word primitive is misleading perhaps, but it does suggest people who are less in the habit of abstracting single aspects, single levels and so on, and who uh, are accustomed to a more inclusive, uh, totally sensuous commitment to situations. But then, uh, picking up Stale's primitive, uh, indications are that we will have a less sophisticated general public. You said when you're with it, you no longer need to have a point of view. Well, this is the complaint that's being made. People do not have their own points of view, their own specific individual approach to things. Uh, it has been said, indeed, the mass media have that effect because we all see the same thing and so forth. You are implying there's something in their own nature that, uh, that uh, reinforces this.
tremendous uh, developments that we made in uh, individual private habits of study, uh, isolated effort, inner direction and so on, these are likely to take the rap from media that are so inclusive of the whole of society and of, at all levels. Think of the tremendous shift in political power that is going on at this moment through the uh, use of television in politics. TV will not take a, a sharp character, a hot character. It's a cool medium. And our politics are being cooled off to the point of rigor mortis, according to many I people. I want to do it. Why not? The, the, the nature of this medium, which calls for so much participation, does not give you a completed package, a completed image. You have to make your image as you go. Therefore, if the person who comes in front of the TV camera is already a very complete and classifiable type of person, a politician, a highly obvious doctor type, lawyer type, the medium rejects him because there's nothing left for the audience to, do, to view or to, to complete. And they say, this guy's a phony. The participation of the whole population in the political process becomes very deep. And where it's no longer a question of assessing arguments, platforms, regional clashes and so on, everybody is with it.
There's another point, too, here. It seems to me that with television or with film, it's moving along at a continuous speed. In other words, you, you haven't any way of checking it. Now, with a book, you can check it. You can go back. You've uh, got yes. a kind of record. Yeah. And we can't assume that a person is going to get a videotape or is going to arrange to have this film rerun in the theater. So you don't get a chance to check certain of these new media. You will just have to take it as it comes along. The, um, on the other hand, the degree to which, when reading that you are in the hands of an author, the degree to which he merely carries you along for a ride, and passively, it has uh, always been uh, uh, bypassed and not discussed by book readers. They have the illusion of being engaged in great private intellectual discovery. Actually, they're going for a ride. I begin to see here that we're talking about the importance of whoever the individual is who's uh, in front of these media, he's got to be active in his response, which suggests something that Seldes likes to point out that we ought to be doing something in classrooms at all levels to make, uh, let's say, more discriminating consumers out of people so that they don't just uh, look at this uh, instrument, but they react positively to it. I want a race of critics. Uh, at what age they should begin, I don't know. I think you can't begin too early. Well, we have, uh, I think, uh, in North America, uh, education generally, we have not encouraged criticism a 16 years and, and after. And the Europeans always stress, have always stressed criticism as a, as a value in the young after 16.
Thank you. 